Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corn Roof Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my sidekick, Mr. Kev. We have a big show today. We're talking MLB, XFL, Tom Brady, NBA, and we are breaking down our top five receiving cores. Let's go. All right. We have to start with some rough news. First off, um, it was announced, what, Kev, Sunday or Monday, that the MLB, It's Rob Manfred said it's looking unlikely there will be a baseball season. And I just saw earlier that apparently eight owners are in, are in favor of not even having a season. Yeah, it was it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Oh my god, dude, this makes me so mad. Like it's just so aggravating, and I, I and it's not even for the safety that this is an issue. If it was for the safety, I wouldn't be getting mad because it's just not right to get mad about that. It's about the money, and that's why I'm irritated. And the MLB basically wants to. The players at one point, I saw your our boy, our boy Steve's boy Carabas talking about how the owners want they want 76 games for 75 percent of the pay. It was some like crazy ratio, but they were talking Carabas talking about back pay and basically the fact that Rob Manfred, who was supposed to be the be all end all, to say hey you're playing a season, figure it out, kind of just went chicken. Shit, and it was like, yeah, no, it may not be a season now. For the fact that, like, every other league, I mean, the NBA is still, it's still kind of, it's not questionable, but it's like, we'll get to it more later. It's still a little, like, up. It's not completely set in stone, but it's very well documented it should happen. And the NHL, they've got their own little projects they're doing, too. The fact that baseball, who had this golden opportunity to be the first sport back, to have like a shot at just doing something like no other like no other league was able to get together quickly, and they screwed it up. And it's all about money, and it's just it's just a bad look for a sport that needed honestly to get a image change, and this isn't the one they wanted. Yeah, I mean, it was they were offered seventy percent for a seventy six game, eighty percent if uh, playoffs happen. Which I don't get why they wouldn't have the why they would have a season if they weren't gonna have playoffs. Yeah. But the the players association made a statement about this. Did you see that? Oh, uh, Tony Clark's uh, statement. Yeah. I didn't see it. So it said players are disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans that there would a hundred percent be a twenty twenty season. <clears throat> He has decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Uh, basically saying any implication the player association has delayed this process is false. And it goes against it really feeds in their point that they're not having these conversations in good faith. The ownership has a motive behind what they're doing and they're not going to listen to the players. It's just not a good look. Yeah, and he even said, like, this is just about them not paying the players. The, I don't think there's a bigger villain in sports right now than um, the MLB owners. Yeah, no, I mean, you can call the NFL owners as greedy, greedy all day long, but they're not threatening to cancel the season because they don't want to pay their players. Yeah, 
I just it's such a bad look. I I'm just like I am just dumbfounded. I can't. It's almost like too hard to believe. It's like, how is this come to this? The middle of June, and you idiots still haven't gotten your lives together yet. I mean, I've been saying since day one, not day one, but for a while now, that I hate John Henry and Larry Lucchino. Yeah, the Red Sox went under them, but they don't. If they could not spend on any money and still get the money they would from winning a World Series, they would do it. They don't care how the team does. They just want to help their bottom line. Yeah. I saw a fan today, I saw a comment, um, then if they're not acting in good faith of the, of the game, they should sell their team. I mean, that'd be a big swing, but he's not entirely wrong that these owners don't want an entire season, and it's not to the best part, it's not to the, it's to the detriment of the league, because it is. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a completely out of right field, crazy take, but at the same time, just like it wouldn't be the worst thing if some of these jackasses were forced to sell. I don't know. It, it's it, it irritates me. I know it's not realistic. We don't have to go into it in much detail, but it was an interesting point that I saw some random fan made on the uh, A2D Radio's Facebook page when they were talking about Manfred. I was like, it's not the worst thing I've heard in the world. Because half these owners are the worst. Like, the Diamondbacks owners suck, too. They're, they're probably one of the eight as well. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only issue is that is no one can make them sell. They work for Donald Sterling. Oh, no, Donald Sterling was, um... Oh, no, I have for the Dodgers, too. They can ban you and encourage you to sell, but they can't legally make you sell. That's... Yeah, it's actually, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, it's just it's it's just it's a rough situation. I just it's it's so disappointing. It's so upsetting because we're trying to you it's we're trying to get people together. We're trying to make things better, make things brighter, make things more optimistic. But we have billionaires bitching about money, and that's the worst part about this. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, funny news. Um, newest, one of the newer Philadelphia Phillies, uh, Bryce Harper, you know, made his, has had his first year with the Phillies last year, said if baseball doesn't happen, he wants to go play for the Eagles. And, um, yeah. It, it, today tweeted out, hey, Eagles, what's up? Because after Manfred's announcement. I mean, it's a complete goof. And again, uh, look out for uh, a Belly of Sports article coming soon from somebody here. As uh, Mike just put up in our uh, little chat today. But, um, you know, Bryce is a decent-sized dude. Can run. Put him at linebacker. Why not? See what happens. Have, have him do a tryout. At least just some some uh, just some kind of just fun stuff. Maybe it'll get Manfred off his butt if he if, if Harper shows up to Eagles minicamp. What do you think, Kev? I mean... <clears throat> I think it's kind of bandwagoner-ish that Bryce Harper is now all about the Eagles after they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Oh, but, shut up, Kev. He he said it to Lane Johnson on Lane Johnson's podcast because he moved to Philadelphia and he loved the city. Sure, and if the Cowboys won two years, two three years ago, I'm sure he wouldn't be saying that. But, but uh, is he playing in, but is he playing in Houston? No, he's not. I mean Dallas. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean also one. Bad part of your theory is Bryce Harper's a pretty boy. He couldn't play middle linebacker. Yeah, he can play outside. He's 6'3", 220. But he's a pretty boy. You can't have a little wuss out on the outside. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see it. I know. Yeah, I know. Kick. <laughs> be a kicker. A 6'3", 220 kicker. That's a big kicker. How big was Janikowski? Janikowski was also a moose, dude. <laughs> yeah. 6'3", for a kicker, is not that tall. Yeah, but it's the weight. Like, most kickers are skinny as hell. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's it would be kind of funny. Uh, just seeing Bryce Ethan come out just for a try. would be hysterical. But, um, Kev, more football news. We got the XFL resurfacing. What's going on here? Give me some positive news. So, after the XFL huh. filed uh, Chapter 11, there's basically <clears> – <throat> Courts can then decide a date where their like their assets, which is per all the physical things they own, but also the intangible assets, team names, team logos, colors, jerseys, jersey designs, they can 
then auction those off and sell them to buyers. So there's a belief that after this happens, it's going to be July 29th, I think is the date for that. There's a hope that after that, the XFL will come back together and kick off two years from now. There was some discussion that they'd try for a year from now, but they'd have to get all their players back. They'd have to rehire everyone who worked in front offices and stuff and the league offices. So two years is the target date, really, for that. Mm -hmm. I also heard in discussions a fellow uh, Connecticut native, Vince McMahon, actually was in the looking for uh, buying the XFL. So he's got the money for it. So, I mean... Yeah, the only issue is I don't know how much more money he wants to sink into that. He spent $200 million on it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But, hey, listen, if there's optimism. COVID can't kill everything. So, But there were talks also that they're going to shoot to start in the fall. That would be stupid. That's the worst idea. That's what killed the USFL. Because one owner decided, like, no, we should play in the fall. And then sue the NFL for uh, Monopoly. And they got $0.33. Cents. We, we all know which we all know what which owner you're referring to. What a great businessman! I would want him to run my country. <laughs> He's referring to the Cheeto Puff, folks. Anyway, before Kev goes on a rant about how much he loves that certain individual, um, we got more football news because Kev, your boy Brady's in in the news, man. <laughs> He posted the saddest thing on his Instagram. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, God, my boy needs a hug right now. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that post. Um, for, I didn't see it scrolling through Instagram. I saw it because um, Brianna, Brianna Pierce had it on her story. I was like, just ruined my day. And so I posted that. And then my friend from school, who's from Tampa, res- replied to my story with, That's my quarterback with the hard eyes emoji. It's okay, though. Tampa's getting a 43-year-old quarterback to compete in their long line of Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah, Jabbo wins, eating them Ws. Yeah, do you want to hear the last four Pro Bowlers that, Tampa, that Tampa's had at quarterback? Go for it. Jameis Winston. Jeff Garcia. I remember that year, actually. Brad Johnson. Yeah, the Super Bowl year. And the Dilf man, Trent Dilfer. That's in order the last four Pro Bowl quarterbacks they've had. Elite aging company. And considering that's a revolving door quarterback, that's that. Now you could say, yeah, the last four Pro Bowl quarterbacks the Pats have are like Brady, Bledsoe, um, Kevin, Kevin O. Smith, someone Rogan. Some Irish guy before that from the... 80-something draft? Possibly. But I know Grogan was one, I think. So that's the last three, but again, we had a quarterback for 20 years. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean I'm sad. It's okay. At least I can say, finally, in my organization, I can name how many quarterbacks we've had since 1990 on, one, on, one, on two hands. It's easy. Uh, Cunningham... Uh, I think we yeah Doug Peterson for a year, then Dempner for uh one of the Dempner brothers for a little bit, then McNabb, then Kevin Cobb for a half a second, then Mike Vick, then Nick Foles, Sam Bradford, Carson Wentz. I can't count Nick Foles twice, so nine since 1990. Still not the worst because what doesn't Cleveland isn't Cleveland up to like. 60 now? Cleveland's had a lot. I'm trying to think. I think they're up to at least 20 since they went back. No, not 20. They're up to like no, 25. Tim Couch was the first one. Tim Couch and Kent Dorsey. RIP Kent Dorsey's career, man. If he went to anywhere else, he would have been a better quarterback. Yeah, I'm trying to. Thing. We since 1990 there have been a lot of Patriots quarterbacks. Yeah, I count Matt Castle. Yeah, that's you got to count Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Drew Bledsoe, Scott Zolak, Scott Secules, Hugh Millen, Tommy Hodson, 
Jeff Carlson, and then Steve Grogan. Who's the guy that took in the 84 draft with uh, the same class as Moreno and uh... Tony Eason was in 83. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Oh, Grogan was never a pro bowler. That's weird. Thought he was at one point. Can never forget Patriots great Jim Plunkett. For the half season he played there? The four seasons he played there. Uh, What, back end of his career, I'm guessing? He was drafted by the Patriots. Really? Yeah, he was the first overall pick in 1971. Well, they deal him to Oakland right away? After four years. After four years? Oh, then that's when his career took off. Yeah. See, people forget, Patri- the Patriots used to be the Cleveland Browns of the NFL. Thank God you guys have the Celtics and, and uh, Red Sox up there, right? And the Bruins? The Sox sucked for a while, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, oh, apparently they traded him to the 49ers. Ah. I forgot he played for the 49ers in between. All right. Well, what were your opinions besides? I mean, Brady in a Bucks uniform to me just looked weird. It, it looks wrong. wrong. It's, it looks so wrong. In 15, 20 years, it's going to be the same as seeing Jerry Rice in a Seattle jersey or Michael Jordan in a Wizards jersey. It's yeah. just going to look wrong. <laughs> or even Joe Namath in a Chiefs jersey. Yeah, I I hate the move. I hate it. I know, buddy. I'm sad. <laughs> Kev needs a hug. Although, Jared, we do have something in common. Yeah. Um, our Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are on another team now. True. Hey, listen, I have all the respect in the world for Nick Foles. Don't get me wrong. All right. Um, Kev, we got some NBA talk. You got something for me? Yeah. So Kyrie Irving decided that he doesn't think the NBA should be coming back. He thinks... Not because of coronavirus, though. No, no, no. That would be too simple of an explanation. No, he thinks with all all the protests going on and all that, he thinks the NBA should not be coming back to distract from that stuff. And Dwight Howard agreed with him. Then Austin Rivers told them both to shut up. There were a couple players who told him that. A couple of guys were like, yeah, you guys have made all this money. Kyrie, you're a top player. Dwight, you were a top player and have a mansion in Atlanta. F off. Yeah, like, I get Kyrie's explanation wasn't in the right place, and I, I get his point, but just read the room, dude. Like, a lot of these guys need to make a paycheck, and I'm, so, I'm sorry, I disagree wholeheartedly because I think sports unites people, and right now, we need to, uniting people might not be the worst thing. So... I completely wholeheartedly disagree with Kyrie and uh, Dwayne Howard. I completely agree with them. I think that if they think that the NBA coming back, he said it smells a little fishy. If he thinks that, don't play. Dwight Howard, don't play. Sit out. That's your right as a U.S. citizen. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I know what you're saying. I'm saying that you think them arguing no players should come back is dumb. I'm saying if they feel that way, they should not come back. Yeah, no, I agree. If they want to, if they want to sit out by themselves, more power to you. Protest. That is your right as an American citizen. First Amendment. I said it to you the other day, Kev. I am all for First Amendment rights. You want to say something stupid to me? That's your right. Do I have to listen to it? No. That's how half the show goes anyway. Um, I'm right more often than you. It's about fifty-fifty. No, it's not. Objectively, I'm right far more often than you. You're right in the short term. I'm right in the long term. No. Yes. No, you just won't admit when you're wrong. You say, I just haven't, it just hasn't happened yet. You can say that for the rest of your life. Exactly. Some that are wrong. <laughs> no, it just makes you sound like an idiot. Nah, just a man ahead of his time. <laughs> you're never going to win this argument with me. <laughs> like most arguments, because you just won't admit when you're wrong, because your brain is so small and your ego is so fragile, you can't admit when you're wrong. 
I actually have a very big brain. It just only works about a half cap. Do you know that having a big brain doesn't mean you're smart? No, I have an intelligent brain. It just only works at half capacity. And that doesn't mean it's intelligent. But, like, Einstein had a small brain comparatively. All that matters is the amount of connections that are formed in your brain. Fair enough. I am agreeing with you, though, back to you insulting my intelligence for the last five minutes. Jerk. Last, like, year. (sighs) Sorry, I make fun of your height and your lack of athleticism. You make fun of my intelligence. All right, anyway, I I completely – if they want to sit out, that's their right. But saying all players should sit out, like, these guys need paychecks. Like, these guys want to play. America needs sports back now more than ever. If you don't want to play in protest, that's your right. I agree with that as a counterpoint to them saying everybody should not play. Because he doesn't speak for all the players. No, they're, not, they're not spokesmen for the WM. They're not. Wait, isn't Kyrie a spokesman for the M- NBA PA or whatever it is? Um, I don't think so. I know Chris Paul is the president. I don't think he is. I think he had some kind of role. Probably. But he has, He also has 80 players backing him. True. So that's about half the starters in the league. Or half the role players. You don't know. Well, no, I'm saying like numbers-wise, that'd be about half the starters. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I Listen – you guys know my opinion on all this. I am all for the change and the changing legislation, changing rules, everything else. Kev even, like, changed my mind politically the other day with the argument he made with me. Kevin, you changed my mind about something. That's impressive. Good. So, but at the same time, like, America needs sports back, like, badly. And, it, like, it may not be for the reasons that you think, but it's just, like, it, it's for media like for sports media because god if i, I like i want to hear about how Kyrie threw an alley to durant instead of oh um Kyrie said something said something on said something on a uh, first take or whatever like i think everyone's a little exhausted about talking about it they want to see something and i guess you can say that in a lot of ways but i don't know this is why you know, i agree with Kyrie. I, thought, I, think, I agree with Kyrie. It's been 400 years of this nonsense. The The status quo hasn't been working. There needs to be a change. If Kyrie thinks that this is going to be the change that is needed to stop the innocent killing of black, peop- of black men, women, and children by cops, then I'm all for it. No, it's a fair point. I agree with his state. I agree with the Senate. If that's how he feels and that's that, like he thinks it's going to do it, then I agree with his statement because I agree with you in all wholeheartedly. This needs to stop. It's been four years of this bullshit. But at the same time, I'm not trying to split hairs here. All I'm saying is that I'm going to hand my point home again is that the world needs sports back. And it's also that also gives them another platform to make a protest because now they're even more in the public eye. I think it's a much bigger protest saying we're not playing, no one's playing. Yeah, I don't know. I I I I I'm gonna half agree and I'm gonna have I'm gonna I don't know how you you summarize my 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 uh, standing here because I completely agree with your point and I completely agree with the sentiment of it. I just want to go a different avenue to get to the same destination. That makes sense. I want to get to a different destination because I'm all for them protesting. And Oh, I know I'm for the same end game of the, of your destination, but I'm going at it a different route. Yeah. So we want to say, that's what I'm trying to say is, well, I'm, I'm more looking at like, the the NBA playoffs is like a mid like a midway stop kind. It's like a rest stop. True. So you want to take the rest stop. I want to blow right through it. I want to make this trip in one day. True. I don't know. Maybe I'm so frustrated with baseball. 
I, I, I might watch way too much hockey this this summer. That's could be worse. Be could be worse things. Still hate the NHL's format. Uh, I know, buddy. Fucking ridiculous. One seed, oh, you got to play a round robin tournament. I'm a one seed. Why? It basically just it basically just helps like all those crap teams, which is really bad. Batman. All right, last thing on the list before we get into weird stuff and last call, Kev, you and uh we saw somebody put up in the belly up uh, Twitter yesterday. Would you think Jerry Rice would survive or dominate or just be average or not even be good in the pros today? I vote he'd still be dominant. Stick him or not, the man ran the cleanest routes on earth. The only man I've ever seen run a better route than him is Chad Johnson, but that dude's head was out of his butt. Um, or at least for half his career it was. He's just he was just such a good receiver, so I said he would dominate. He may not like you know put up the, he also put up ridiculous numbers because he played for so long because he took su- such good care of himself. But uh, that kind of sparked me thinking, Kev, with one honorable mention, who are your top five favorite wide receivers, and you get first to all seven or six? Wait. No. Favorite or best? Best, sorry. Okay. We say favorite. I know I already know who's number one. Okay. So I'm going honorable mention five four three two one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Honorable mention Julio Jones. Alright. It's a a lot of people are gonna disagree with that. I think with his physical abilities, he is one will be one of the best receivers of all time when he finishes. I had him on my, I had him on my list too. It's just like he is good. He's been so dominant for so long. And the thing is, it's not like he's had an elite quarterback throwing him the ball. Matt Ryan's good, sometimes great, but he's never been elite. Where some of these guys on the list above him have had a quarterback who fits their skill set perfectly. Matt, Julio Jones, honestly, would have been so much better off in a, I don't know, with a Brady or with a Breeze or Rodgers I don't know, go back to when he was younger with a Vic or a or somebody who just had a better arm who was able to throw the ball down the field better. So, I mean, Matt Ryan kind of struggles with that, but I think Julio definitely deserves me in his top six. Easily. I think also the issue with Julio is he has had to share touches through his, throughout his whole career. He had Roddy White when he started. He had Mohamed Sanu for a bit. Now he has Calvin Ridley, a good, young, up-and-coming receiver. Mm-hmm. He's always been... Or not always when he first started was Roddy White, but he for the last while now he's been the guy. But like he always has to lose a touchdown here, a receiver, a couple yards there, because he's not the dominant number one. Which he could be. He could be if the offense worked that way. Yeah. But in Atlanta, it's about it's about spreading the ball around. Yeah. Now if he was like DeAndre Hopkins, who's the only guy because all his other receivers are injured half the time. Exactly. Number five, we're going to go Calvin Johnson at number five. Really? I have him a little higher. I have him at number five, I think. Yeah, he had great numbers. Retired young because the Lions suck and kill careers. But I I think if he played longer, he would have been higher. True. But I just think I the guys ahead of him, I have ahead of him with reason. Okay. Number four. Larry Fitzgerald. All right. Kind of similar to what you said about Jerry Rice. Played for a while, so that's why his numbers are so high. And Fitz's style is not built for playing forever, but he just does it so well. Yeah, and also, he's had more tackles in his career than drops. Which is the craziest stat I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. It's close. It's like 5-4 to or something, but still. Also... He's had 16 quarterbacks throw him a touchdown. That's got to be close to a record. Yeah, it's Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer, Josh McCown, and then it gets bad. John Skelton, hey. Josh Rosen, oh, Kevin God. Cobb, Matt Leinart, Kyler, Derek Anderson, Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, Max Hall, Richard Bartell, Sean King, Brian St. Pierre, and John Navari. Holy mother of God. Half those people I didn't even know were actual human beings. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. After Drew Stanton, my eyes kind of peeled over a little bit. I knew some of the names. I heard, I knew Brian St. Pierre. 
obviously you knew Blaine Gabbert too. Yeah, right. and oh yeah, I, I'm Matt Weiner too because I, I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, so yeah, it's bad. <laughs> oh my god, the poor Fitz. You know what the crazy thing is? Um, there was a whole there was a story that the Arizona that like that was out of Arizona, then the Philly the Philadelphia Inquirer posted it. Apparently, Andy Reid after they um. Fitz smoked us in the OA NFC title game where he had like three touchdowns or whatever it was that 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 Eagles team that had no business being in the NFC title game but they did. It was the same year as the San Antonio Holmes catch touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently after getting smoked by them, even though they even though they drafted Jeremy Macklin, apparently there was a trade in the works to get um Larry Fitzgerald and it was on a snag of which draft pick the, the Cardinals wanted. <laughs> That should have been, oh, you, what draft pick you? Okay, yeah, here, take it. No, apparently they were asking for, like, ridiculous amounts. And this is back, you know, wide receivers really weren't valuable until about three or four or five years ago. They were still kind of underappreciated. Yeah. It's now kind of cycle where, like, running backs are a little underappreciated, where now receivers are almost overvalued sometimes. All right, so who do you got after uh, Fitz? Number three, I have Don Hudson. Really? Technically, he was an end, but in today's game, he would have been a wide receiver. So I'm counting him. Wow. He revolutionized the passing game. So you're going on a historical reference here, too. That's interesting. I like it. He had 7,991 yards and 99 touchdowns. He played from 35 to 45. That's insane. Dude was a monster. He was also the fastest guy on the field regularly. What, he didn't have like a bullet. His name was like Bullet or something like that or like something. He had like some a name about his speed. I can't remember. Uh, probably. Also, he played opposite Bear Bryant at Alabama, so I had to include him. Of course you did. So, Don Hudson at three. Number two, Randy Moss. Dude was a freak of nature. He he wow you I know who you left out of your out of your list and I'm a little sad about it. Who do you think I left out of my list? Tio. Yeah. See, I watched him firsthand as a kid and I was mesmerized by the size and speed combo. He was DK before he was what DK could be without the craziness. But anyway, keep talking. What do you got about Randy? I mean, come on, dude. Twenty three touchdowns in a year. No rings, unfortunately, but even on his Niners days, he was still a freak. Yeah. You throw the ball deep, he takes the top off the defense. I remember the catch he had from Kaepernick where he literally put his foot in the ground on a corner on a curl route and blew by an entire secondary. Like, the man's 35. How is he running like this? I'm so mad that he started running his mouth about his contract when he was with the Patriots. Yeah. I was so mad because they had a trip. And number one. There's so much to say about this man. His postseason stats are oh absurd. My God. All right, I quit. I quit. I told Jared I was going to put Julian Edelman on this list. Julian Edelman should be a Hall of Famer, by the way. He is second in postseason receptions. He has three rings. He's a monster. That, he's not the greatest receiver of all time. No, it's Jerry Rice. <laughs> Although, I did say his postseason stats are ridiculous they were for jerry rice too he is number one in receptions he was part of that niners dynasty yeah he used stick him we're not going to hold that against him although the person i just sent jared screenshots from twitter yesterday oh my i God. wasn't an argument on the thread jared talked about. i voted dominant and they're like jerry rice would have been great today especially with the cheater gloves they have now I said jerry rice used stick him he literally had cheating gloves and guys, like, Stickham was banned in the 70s. Yeah, and Jerry Rice was drafted in 85. What's, What's your point? point? Exactly. And also, cheater gloves? Are you kidding me? Uh, I guarantee Dez still couldn't catch him if he had no gloves on anywhere there, pal. He was a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So, to I did, But I, he said, yeah, see, Jerry Rice said he never used it. I said, yeah, after saying on multiple occasions that he did. And I posted a link. And he's like, all right, you're right. My bad. So, I'm proud of him. A little humility is always nice to see. But, yeah, Jerry Rice... Most yards, most touchdowns, most receptions, bunch of Super Bowls, played with Montana, probably made Mont- – Montana was great, probably made Montana look 
greater. Yeah. Also, they didn't need a running back in the backfield to take a lot of the pressure off. Without Emmett Smith, the Cowboys would have sucked. Yes. Troy Aikman is not a good quarterback. He's a game manager. He has three ranks because he had the luxury of playing with Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin. Playmaker. The only, her, the only cowboy I like, by the way, for the record. All right, my top five. All right, honorable mention, Larry Fitzgerald. Now, the reason my top five was a little worded differently, Kev's is more based off stats. Mine is more based off of just physical dominance. It could have been for five years or it could have been for their entire career. But when I did my top five, I basically based it off of how much, if I am on a defensive coordinator over the length of their career, did I just fear them being there with Fitz. He had, he was good. And then he had that crazy stretch of five or six years where he was the best receiver in the league. And then he's just been good since he's the most consistent receiver over his career besides Jerry Rice. So that's why he's in his tops. He's in the honorable mention because this man wasn't a freak of nature athlete and he didn't scare the people, but his size and speed combo when he's in his prime made him lethal with uh, Kurt Warner. Number five is Julio Jones. And he's only number five because of the same reason you said his stats will never hit Megatrons or, I mean, hit T.O.'s or Mosses. But what Julio Jones did, does what he's got, is phenomenal. The guy has every tool a receiver could need. And if he wasn't, he didn't miss a couple uh, games because of injuries over his career. He may be even higher on this list. The man is a freak. He is fast. He's athletic. He's strong. He's physical. Catches the ball well. Can high point it. Runs every route in the damn tree. What he plays for with Matt Ryan. I didn't mention this when I was talking about it. Also, though, the highlights of when a pick's about to be thrown and he just decks a dude or some guy's running yeah, back a pick that, and that chases him down. place in my heart. I love tough guy receivers. Like, Heinz Ward might have been on this list if we did toughness. Yeah, only receiver ever to break a linebacker's jaw, by the way. RIP to Keith Rivers, man. Whew. That hit still, like, cracks me up. And, like, I mean, yeah, Juju almost killed Vontez Burvick, but that was a blindside shot. Like, Heinz Ward just f- bulldozed Keith Rivers. All right. Anyway, Julio is just a freak. But the next guy up in my number four spot is a, is another freak of nature. And I had never seen this until he played for my Philadelphia Eagles. The speed, size, and power and athleticism. He did everything right. And he played an entire Super Bowl on a broken leg with pins in it. I got to give it to T.O. He's second all-time in touchdowns, or third all-time? Third all-time. Third. Third. Third all-time in touchdowns, third all-time in receiving yards. He was dominant even to his – he was a great – like a top-ten receiver even to his days with the Bills and Bengals. Yes, his mouth got into trouble back when receivers were very undervalued. Now he probably would have been playing at an elite level until he was retired. But the thing is he bounced around teams because back then – oh, he, he played an elite level all the time, but I think – the whole thing, what I'm saying is, Kev, the whole thing with his, um, with his, like, the, the receiver receivers were not a light commodity, like, when we were kids. Joe Horn bounced around teams. Chad Trasenko, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, these guys moved around teams. The only guy who stayed on his team for a while was Fitz or Torrey Holt, because they never talked. T.O., yeah, he was a mouth, yeah, he was a personality, but this dude could f- run with the best of them, he could play physically. He was a red zone threat. He ran all the great routes. He is basically that Julio type where he does everything right and he does it better. Next up, number three, is the greatest physical freak receiver I've ever seen in my life when it comes to just being just badder than everyone else, and that is Megatron. Calvin Johnson, I was skeptical when I saw him get drafted. I'm like, who is this guy? I, th- I When I was a kid, I'm like, I didn't think Georgia took a pass the ball. Why is a receiver coming out of there? And then I watched him basically dominate with a lackluster Lions team for his entire career. Broke the receiving yards in the game record, I believe, right? No, no, that's Flew Whipper Anderson. He broke the, the single-season receiving yards record. Yeah. He had multiple t- big touchdown seasons or uh, nine-plus touchdown seasons. I'm trying to remember the stat I looked at before. And also – the guy only had Matt Stafford for like maybe two thirds of his career because Stafford was always injured. It's a shame the Lions killed his career, but if Johnson played anywhere else, he'd be number one on this list by a mile, which is sad. It's the Barry Sanders effect. 
Number two, this is where the surprise comes in. <laughs> Number two is Jerry Rice. And I said this only because Jerry Rice was not a physical freak. Jerry Rice did everything right. He ran the perfect routes, but he also had elite quarterbacks his entire career. Or at least good, great quarterbacks until he got to Seattle. Even in Oakland, he had Rich Gannon, who was an MVP quarterback at that point. He went from Montana to Steve Young to Rich Gannon. That's not a bad transition of quarterbacks to have. I'm not saying that he isn't a he's the number he's the second best receiver of all time in my opinion because he ran perfect routes he was fast enough he had great hands and he just was uh, played forever that's why his stats are so well so so well done because the receiver ahead of him didn't play forever but in the time he did play was unstoppable he's the only unstoppable receiver besides Megatron on this list the thing is Megatron didn't play that long. That's why number one is Randy Moss. Like Kev said, 23 damn touchdowns. It wasn't just he would just run by you. He could jump over you. That's why there's the term Moss. He had the best hands. He could run. His clips from Minnesota are just, they're wrong. They look like they're out of a Madden game. They're not real. Like, some of it, even his, like his trash talking was on another level. The guy played at Marshall and still put up ridiculous numbers. And... What's crazy to me, and I didn't realize this until later in his career, because I always had him in my top three regardless. Because I would have – another time I mentioned I was thrown in there was probably like a Chris Carter or a Chad Ochocinco. Because even though Ochocinco played for a couple of years in the league, he was tops in the receiving yards for like my entire childhood, at least when I was younger. But with Randy, he ran clean routes at 6'4". He ran like, – what, what was his 40 time, Kevin? It was like a four, what, four, three, four or something like that? It was something ridiculous for a guy that size. Yeah, it was four, two, five. Four, like, really? A four, two, five. Like, it, it's just, that's just not fair. A guy who's six, four has a 39 inch vertical in pads, not bare, not in like the underwear Olympics, like the combine. His, his vertical measured in college on a, on a couple jump balls was over 39 inches. That's ridiculous. It, it, he's he's the, called the freak for a reason. Straight cash, homie. Randy Moss is my best receiver of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little weird that you pointed out how uh, Jerry Rice had just had all these great quarterbacks when Randy Moss had Tom Brady, Dante Culpepper when he was good, Randall Cunningham. He also had Kaepernick in his prime, too. Even at the end, I, he had great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't have great quarterbacks either. I'm just saying that what the difference is to me between Moss and Rice is, is that Moss put up almost not like Moss got within sniffing distance of, of Jerry Rice and missed a lot of time. If you could take out those Oakland years and maybe had him not get kicked out of uh, not get booted out of, of New England. Those two what ifs, he would have smoked Jerry Rice's records. Give him another season with Tommy. Give him another season with Culpepper. Yeah. Also, I was looking at something because when you met, brought this up, I was like, oh, let's see what other people have. And I was looking up a website. They have Steve Largent at number two. He was good in the 80s. First player to catch 100 touchdown receptions. Yes. I think Largent is criminally underrated when talking about some of the best players to play he's the position. Probably number, he's probably number 10 on my list, honestly. But number two? he's the He was the first big-body receiver. Like, the true, like, just big red zone threat big-body receiver. No, he was not. He wasn't? He was 5'11". They make him look so big in these Madden games. He was 5'11", 187. Holy crap! I am I am grossly I okay. I I I lost a football fan card for a second. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, he's wasn't big. Oh no, I'm thinking of Brian Finneran. Back in the old uh, Atlanta days. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're the only two white receivers that were in the uh, Madden All Twenty Five teams. 
But yeah. yeah. Brian Finneran was six five two ten. Yeah, that's why I was like my 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 brain associated one with the other by mistake. Wasn't Jim Zorn his quarterback uh, in uh, Seattle too? Um, who Largent? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think it does. See, I earned yeah. my football card back. There it is. All right, so that's our top fives. This one was a little more interesting than our top five current running backs, which, Kev, we might have to do an, a one-year anniversary edition soon because that was one of our best arguments. Kev, Kev, Kev uh, reassured my love of Derrick Henry. And I was right. Yeah, you are right. Dude's a monster. He, I, he, yeah, he is a monster. I, I honestly think that uh, you know there are certain running backs who may or may not have contracted coronavirus. I hope they do get better, but did fall down my list a little bit this year. Um, also, since we're talking about Derrick Henry, go to the store, buy a King Henry shirt. Yes, please do it. Maybe one, one of these days, one of our shirts will actually make it up onto the, onto the list. Yeah, that's all you, man. I've been, listen, I've been trying, man. It's just, I'm not good. I'm, I don't have Photoshop, so I can't do it myself. All right. Kev, you got something weird for me? I actually have two things weird. Cause one of them I always talk about. It is my favorite sports fact ever. I bring it up all the time. But last Friday was June 12th. Do you know why that day is important? Why is it important, buddy? It was the 50th anniversary of Doc Ellis throwing a no-hitter while tripping balls. Oh, my God. This That's is the right. time you reference it. June 12th, 1970, Doc Ellis didn't think he was pitching and dropped acid the night before, or the morning of. Got a call that he did have to pitch, so he had to go trip, go pitch. Threw a no hitter, not a perfect game. He did drill a couple of batters. <laughs> My favorite part of that is at one point he thought he was pitching to Jimi Hendrix batting with his guitar, while I, Richard Nixon was umpire. Did you watch the documentary in this yet? I haven't yet. I haven't found the time. You found it, though. Yes, it's on Hulu. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, it's called... Jeez. Ah, no, no. A documentary, but doc is spelled... Documentary is spelled D-O-C-K-U-M-E-N-T-A-R-Y. Because mm-hmm. that's how Doc L spelled his name. And then my other thing... So, because I talk about Doc Ellis all the time. Yes. Is someone tweeted, "Fellas, what's the wildest thing a chick ever said to you when she was mad?" Damian Harris retweeted it. Went to <laughs> Alabama. He's a Patriot running back now. He said, "I hope you fumble in your game tomorrow," and I damn sure did on the one yard line. <laughs> Yikes. So, Jared, I have a question for you. I'm not going to answer it. I will tell you mine later. What is the weirdest thing or wildest thing a girl has ever said to you when she was mad? Ooh. Um, oh, God. Some of these I really can't say on air. Okay, we can't say ours on air, man. I've had I've had ex-girlfriends say some really dark stuff to me that, like, like should be put committed. Oh, same. Uh, yeah, let's put it this way. I have not had the best track record of the most um, peaceful individuals in my dating life. So that's a nice way to put it than I would have. I would have just said some of my exes should belong in a loony bin. <laughs> I can say that too, but that's not very nice. It's not very professional. We are who we are, right? We are what they aren't. <laughs> there you go. All right. So last call today, folks. I, it's a call to action. To all my Corner Booth listeners, Belly Up family, everyone. I am starting a new show with Belly Sports. I did the dry run with KJ a couple weeks ago and great. The reason I've delayed it because of the fact that my boss decided to throw a thousand shifts at me and that I've been doing a bunch of stuff for the podcast network and everything else is that I don't know what the hell to call it. We've talked about Tallboy Talk. Kind of sounds corny. So I'm putting this out to my, my friends and family and listeners. DM the podcast. Let me know what you think. Kev will put something up on Twitter about it as well. What should Jared's new little side project be called? That's all I'm asking. That's all I got for today. 
Um, I hate you so much, Kevin. Why don't you just call it, like, pull up a stool or something? We, uh... Maybe. That, that's that's like, a nominee. Or, like, a working title. Just, as you're doing it, don't call it a title. Just a working title, and then change it later. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, the one we did now is two weeks old, so I think all the headlines are kind of... I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to K to see if the headline... Because we talk about some, like, some, like, very temporary stuff... But it's still good content. I could do a TBT to the dry run of this. But, like, I got to do another one this week. Yeah. So maybe I'll have, like, you or Zach Mack on Sunday. Even though I talk to your ass too much as it is. Yeah, that's fine. Um, oh, since we're plugging stuff. Yes. Belly Up will be doing a... Is doing a Madden tournament amongst the writers. Jared's going to be in it. I'm going to be in it. Uh, so go on to Twitch and follow Belly Up Gaming. We're four away from fifty, so Belly Up Gaming. It's Belly Up Gaming without the G because we can't spell. But yeah, what did Jared make this account? Jeez. <laughs> what are you playing? Wednesday at seven. Yeah, I'm playing Friday at like eight. They decided to be hardos and make us play all Madden, so this is gonna be hysterical. Over under how? How many interceptions do you think I'm going to throw, Kevin? Oh, in, in your first game or throughout the whole thing? As the king of interceptions that I am, it depends on what team you end up with. If I get, like, the the Buccaneers, like, it's going to be bad because they still have J- Jabbo because it's men 20. But, like, if I get, like, the Saints or the Patriots, yeah, the Patriots will probably still throw a ton of picks. Um, My offense is built for vertical. Actually, no, with the Bucs, it actually might be fun. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. If I, if I have, like, the Bills, I'm screwed. Because Josh Allen can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I end up with the T. I don't know who I want to end up with. You know what? I want the Titans because you let me lose with Derrick Henry. I've run for 400 yards in a game with him in a user versus user game. Like, I've beaten family members who had, like, the Chiefs. And I had the, the, the uh, Titans. And I just ran through them with Derrick Henry. I hope I get... You know what? I hope I get the Dolphins. Why? Because if I lose... Yeah, I was playing with the Dolphins. What do you expect? But if I win... First off, I'll be beating CERN, a Dolphins fan. Second off, I beat CERN with the Dolphins. They're a 69 overall in base game. True. It is updated rosters up to week 17. Online. Online, they update to week 17. Or play... I, I could have sworn Philip Rivers lost his superstar, though. Yeah, he lost his superstar in uh, the updated rosters. No, he didn't, then. Huh. I don't know. Well, I'll have to check, but it should be it should be updated rosters. I don't know, because um, today it was Randy and Nate, I think, were playing, and they did Vikings versus Chargers, and Philip Rivers had a superstar. I don't know, man. Oh, we'll figure it out. Yep, it's gonna be fun for the, this this first round of the tournament play. So yeah, and also be sure to check out Kev's uh, Lions rebuild every Friday. Only oh, on Belly Up Sports. Not this Friday though, because he's got to play a game. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna do it like Saturday. Every weekend on Belly Sports. <laughs> yeah, at some point. All right, all right. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. I'm going to go eat some pizza. Peace out. Hey, guys. Bye. Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.